Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Tuesday evening. Pray you had a wonderful day today. It's so good to be back together with you after a quick 23-hour break. If you're new to the program, you are watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Wherever you're watching me throughout this great land of ours tonight, from sea to shining sea and border to border, thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LiveCareer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address is coming up on your screen, LiveCareer.com, LiveCareer.com. Check it out. So, pray you had a good day today as we are now officially kind of into the week. It's been an interesting day news-wise. Got a lot of very uh, interesting topics for you tonight. Um, it's going to be quite a year, folks, quite a year. And uh, I'm not one given to hyperbole. I don't need to overstate things because, to be honest with you, day-to-day -day life is, there's a lot of excitement in and of itself. You don't need to hype it, right? <laughs> there's a lot on the line this year, and uh, there's a lot of people that know. You know I, let me just say this real quick. Probably one of the most refreshing things to me, um, maybe in the last couple weeks, is the fact that there are a lot of people out there that are realizing the importance of this year. Now, i got to be honest with you. Not seeing it much in the church world yet. You know, it's just, you know, another year. But uh, there, are, there, 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 is an, there is a growing number of people each day that have this understanding that this is a very critical year, not only in our lives, but in the life of this nation. So, uh, you know, God willing, we're going to keep plugging away each and every night and walk you through it just like we have for the last, what, 21 years on TV, 25 years on online? Boy, we've been through so much in all that time. And uh, that's what makes this year even that much more critical because after everything we've been through, I mean, 9-11, the whole war on terror, uh, the war in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, the uh, housing bubble in 2008. Um, oh, by the way, we started on August 31st of 1999. We had a sentinel moment in the first few months of live prayer. And for those of you who are old enough to remember, uh, remember when we went from 1999 to 2000, Y2K? Everybody was predicting all the computers are going to crash and not going to turn over. Planes will be falling out of the sky. And, and again, I was not very old into the whole technology world. But just common sense told me, no, that's not going to happen. And we tried to give some, uh, tried to temper down the fear that was uh, going on at that time. 
But, uh, of course, then we got into the Obama years and the radical transformation of the country, Obamacare, all of that. Um, of course, the, uh, you know, all the various um, natural disasters have happened here and throughout the world over these last 25 years. Uh, the surprising election of 2016, the stolen election of 2020, the uh, Biden administration and the purposeful destruction of the country. Obviously, in 2020, the big story was what? COVID, which was about a three-year story that we we walked you through each and every night. So uh, we've been blessed. We really have to be uh, have a front row seat to history and to bring it to you each night, uh, 25 years online. And as of this March, it'll be 21 years on TV. So we're, we're blessed. Four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for doing that. It means more than you'll know. Second, encourage people you know to sign up for our daily devotional. It's free like everything, and it will be a blessing to them. They just go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the donation, or click, <laughs> get ahead of myself, on the sign-up link and uh, a couple pieces of information and they'll be good to go. Then, of course, the TV program continue to encourage people to check it out. Again, as important as this year is, more the more people that are in the know, the more people that understand what's at stake, what's going on as these events unfold in these coming months, uh, the better. And then, of course, if this ministry has been a blessing to you as we wrap up the month of January and start heading into February, please pray about helping us with a gift. We're here each and every night faithfully because of the prayers and the support of friends like you. We don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the book sales business. I'm not in the tour guide business. Uh, you know, I, I don't do trinkets. Don't do bribes, you know, the love gift bribe. Don't, don't play any games. Don't tell your kids are going to be saved if you send us a thousand. You know, none of that stuff. But uh, we just faithfully do what we do. We pray. We ask God to move on the hearts of the people that uh, uh, hopefully are blessed by what we do and trust God to uh, provide for their needs through friends like you. Again, homepage, upper right-hand corner, there's a donation link. There you go. Uh, it's got our address as well as a link to our credit card portal. If that's more convenient. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this wonderful day we've enjoyed, a day that we've never had before, a day we'll never have again, unique in every way, and a blessing from you, and the blessings we've enjoyed throughout this day, many that we often take for granted. Thank you for my friends who joined me tonight. Lord, I lift them up, their families, pray for their needs to be met in your name. And Father, tonight, we just ask that you open our hearts and minds Help us to understand the things we need to know. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let me start with our uh, our avatar president, Joe. Um, by the way, something that people, you've got to remember this, as obviously one of the biggest stories right now is the uh, three dead troops. I'm hearing now as many as 40 injured troops. Uh, from the uh, attack by the Iran proxies in the uh, northeast corner of Jordan. And uh, what are we going to do now? Don't forget this. Donald Trump, 
did was he did he get aggressive with Iran? Yep. Uh, he took out Qasem Soleimani, their number one general, in retaliation for uh, some of the games they were playing. And do you know what? After Qasem Soleimani was taken out, Iran was kind of quiet. You know, they 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 respect power. the only thing that is understood not only in this region but around the world is raw power. Okay, and especially when you're getting into these totalitarian regimes like Iran. Power is all they understand. But Trump's way of dealing with Iran was very clever. He he bled them dry financially. He told countries, if you buy a drop of Iranian oil, we won't do business with you. And he literally cut off their money because their, their, their number one revenue source is oil. And if, now, of course, they were selling some on the black market to like North Korea and some other places. But he had them broke. And as he has stated so often, had the election in 2020 not been stolen upon his reelection, they were probably within 30 days of basically cutting whatever deal they wanted with Iran because Iran was dead broke. They weren't in a position to, you know, actively finance a lot of their terror organizations. They were having a hard enough time just, you know, keeping the unrest at home on, at bay because of no money. And uh, that was a very effective tool. Now, what was the first thing that Joe Biden did? Of course, it wasn't Joe Biden. Don't ever forget that. It was Barack Obama. And never forget, Barack Obama loves Iran. Okay? He is in love with Iran. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, their shared Muslim heritage. Okay? That's definitely got a lot to do with it. Valerie Jarrett has deep connections to Iran. That is Obama's right-hand woman. And Obama hated Israel. And he wanted Iran to be the dominant power in the Middle East. So the first thing uh, Biden did was take off all the sanctions. All the sanctions that bled Iran dry financially, Biden took off. Opened up $6 billion in return for some hostages. Uh, they did some kind of a deal with the electricity where they got another $10 billion. All told, Iran's had about a $100 billion windfall since Biden took office, which means their coffers are full. They're able to fund all kinds of terror. Hamas, Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Houthis in Yemen, other various terror groups that they support. The reason Iran is as close to a nuclear weapon as they are today, which I hear here isn't far, like could be within months, is because Biden slash Obama opened the spigot and allowed them to start making billions of dollars again. And because of that, we've got dead troops over there right now. Don't forget that. Now, just for the record, in the middle of all this, Biden had zero on his schedule yesterday. Zero. No events. Nobody saw it. He left the White House sometime this morning heading to, heading to Florida for a fundraiser. Unbelievable.
Absolutely unbelievable. Just pathetic. By the way, I better never hear this word out of his mouth again. Don't. What do you have to tell Iran, Mr. President? Don't. Well, they did, Joe. Now, the big question, what are we going to do as far as retaliation? Well, Biden's out there today bragging, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Well, Joe, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just have a news conference and uh, get them to tune in and just tell them exactly what you're going to do? Why don't you just keep your mouth shut and do whatever you're going to do? Now, there are really only three real legitimate options. They can, we can bomb their oil fields and basically shut down their oil uh, business. That's probably going to cause a, a war. No, I'm just saying. Uh, we could bomb targets in Iran. That again would be aggressive to the point where, I mean, we want to do something as a retaliation that's going to hurt them, but we don't want it to turn into a war. Now, what we've been doing in the past when we've had these 160, 70-some attacks on our various bases and ships in that region is, you know, we bombed a bunch of storage lockers of their, of their proxies. Now, we could make a more concerted effort to try to take out some of their, you know, proxy bases. But i got to be honest with you. This, this administration... And don't forget, Obama's going to make the final call, and Obama's not going to want to hurt Iran. So they're not going to do anything to really damage Iran. My guess is, whatever we do, it's going to sound good, but in the big scheme of things, it's going to be nothing. Okay? Just being honest with you. Now, today we came to learn that Elon Musk, now, I give him a lot of credit, for taking over Twitter. I told you from day one that until he gets rid of all the ex-government people in, in Twitter's administration, it's not really, really open, open. I mean, it's much better than it was. Go give, give him credit. I give credit where credit's due. I'm still interested to see what things look like as these months go on getting close to the election. My guess is there's going to be internal operations at Twitter, they're going to really start shutting things down, just like all the other social media sites. But we'll see. But that's not what I'm going to talk about tonight. I'm going to talk about this Operation Musk has got, which is straight from the pits of hell. And I'm just being dead straight with you. And he has finally got the permission from the FDA to start human experiments with these chips in the human brain. Now, well, I've talked to you about this before. This is not anything new. We, we've discussed this on the program uh, over the last probably several years since it started to become a real possibility. You know, once they, once they started putting chips in the brains of monkeys, I knew it wasn't going to be long. Well, the first human now has one of these chips. Now, 
It is being promoted now. Now, this is what you need to understand, okay? This is why it's important to watch this program because you're going to get spun. You, It is going to be presented to you as a great advancement uh, in medicine that people who are, say, quadriplegics, uh, this chip will enable them to be able to do things they can't do today. Just so you understand what this chip in the brain ultimately is going to do, you're going to be able to control your phone, your computer, other devices, simply by thinking, okay? doesn't require any physical action. You're going to be able to do things simply by thinking, all right? And again, it's going to be presented as this incredible breakthrough for people that, again, quadriplegics. They're talking about, you know, blind people are going to have the ability to get things done they haven't before. Uh, in other words, it's going to be presented as a, as, a, as, a, as a great blessing to, you know, that small segment of society that has these kind of issues. But make no mistake. Their ultimate goal is to have a chip in everybody's brain. I'm, I'm just telling you, that is the ultimate goal. And at that point, I mean, we're literally, I mean, we literally then become a human robot, a, you know, a cyborg for lack, lack of better terminology. But at that point, are we human? Or at some point, because trust me, this chip, I promise you, is going to be sending data back to some sort of a computer. Oh, and wait till I tell you about this. But they're going to be able to control you at some point through this chip, I'm sure. That's, got to, that's part of the purpose of it. And at that point, are you really still human? Or are you just a shell of a human that's being controlled by some sort of a computer uh, situation. It's, can I tell you this? I mean, just from a theological standpoint, this is not of God. I'm just telling you. And, and, and as great as a scientific breakthrough as it may be, you know, not all things are of God. It's like the whole cloning nonsense. That certainly is not of God. And I'm not going to get into it tonight, but the, the fact is, life is from God. If you clone somebody, all you've done is duplicate an existing life. And that duplicate life isn't from God. It doesn't have a soul. I mean, you see what I'm saying? You're getting into, you know, they, 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 there's a whole course that wasn't real big at the time. I was taking my, uh, the, going through my theological education back about 33 years ago. Uh, it existed, but it wasn't as big as it is now. It's called theological ethics. Because we didn't have a lot of these issues back then. But I can tell you right now, the bottom line to this chip in the brain, the chip in the brain, and no, I do not believe it's it's the 666. I don't do not believe it's the mark of the beast. I'm, and I may be wrong, but in my humble estimation, in my professional opinion, I firmly believe the chip is going to be uh, that implantable chip in your hand 
that's going to contain everything, all your banking, all your medical history, school records, where it's going to contain everything. And it fits with the Bible and it says uh, they will never, they will neither buy nor sell without the mark, right? Because it's going to be to a point where if you don't have that chip, you're not buying anything. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of a black market and all that, but I'm talking mainstream living, okay? Now, the reason I'm saying that this chip in the brain is going to be sending back information to some kind of a computer is because whether you know it or not, anybody that owns a Tesla, there is a there are there are internal microphones recording everything that goes on in that car. And there are internal cameras that are recording everything in that car. And all that data is getting fed back somewhere to a, some sort of a Tesla computer somewhere. Okay? Now, they will tell you that, oh, you can disable this, you can disable that. And they'll tell you, well, we don't have external microphones, but yeah, there's some internal ones. In other words, these are features that they really don't talk to you about. They really don't tell you about. I remember when the smart TVs came out. Boy, we've been around a long time, haven't we? I remember when smart TVs came out. I started warning people. Hey, that thing's got a camera. And if it, if, if you're hooked up to the internet and to get streaming weather, that camera's live, man. You got that ring doorbell and all that uh, you know, uh, what was that? Simply safe, all that stuff that's all computerized. If it's computerized, anybody can hack into that stuff and see everything in your house, see everything in your house. I'm just telling you. But if you got a Tesla, there is a camera and a, and, and a and microphones that's recording everything, audio, visual, sending it back to some sort of master computer. Now they will tell you, no, we don't. We don't save any of that data. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that 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 data is just being uh, developed for nothing. Give me a break. Let me go back to last night on something, and let me say this: I talked to you last night about the former president of Planned Parenthood, Cecile Richards, sixty-six years old. She's the president of Planned Parenthood for twelve years. She is a thoroughly evil woman. Um, she spent the bulk of her adult life, you know, basically pr- producing great organizations to kill a maximum number of babies. Okay, and I was honest last night. I told you my first thought was, I just pray that God gives her the same mercy she's shown those millions of babies. Okay, but I prayed last night, and the bottom line is, and you know, I have to be honest. Cecile Richards' sins are no worse than Bill Keller's sin. Sins, sins, sins don't have degrees. The same Jesus that died for my sins died for her sin. So today I sat down and wrote her a, a, a nice letter. I was very honest that totally disagree with her entire life's work. Find it repulsive. But as a Christian evangelist, it's I have a duty to at least tell her that there's a Jesus that loves her, died for her sins, and that he wants to be 
her savior, but it's a choice she's got to make. And I gave her the plan of salvation and everything. So I've got, a, I've got a good conscience now. I didn't feel good yesterday. I mean, again, I've written a lot of devotionals mentioning her over the years because she's a thoroughly, thoroughly evil woman. But the fact is, at the end of the day, we're all going to die and stand before God. And at that moment, the only thing that matters is, do you know Jesus? That's the way we end this show every night. And uh, so I ask you to do what I'm going to be doing and pray for her. She's got inoperable brain cancer. She's probably, according to the reports I've read from various sources, she's probably going to be dead in the next six months. Now she brags that she's going to be doing everything she can to continue her uh, uh, work to make abortion available to women up to her last days or whatever. But, uh, and, you know, I don't know what she's going to do in my letter. Probably laugh at it, throw it away. But that, but see, then it's between her and God. I did what I was supposed to do. So just want to clarify that. The NSA, I told you this a while back. They are buying inter- raw internet data from private vendors on tens of millions of people. Now, technically, if they want information on you, they've got to go get a warrant. They got to go they got to go to a judge with a warrant with probable cause and only upon getting that warrant signed by a judge can they then go access data. They just they, they just ignore the whole the fourth amendment right up right down the toilet. They're, they're going to private vendors that sell information on people. And just so you know, there are so many sources out there now where pretty much anything you've done in your life that is part of a public record, work, school, any kind of a driving record, um, marital situations, where you lived, I mean, pretty much anything you've done in life, that there's a record of it. And there are data firms that collect all that stuff. And the government's paying for, you know, millions of dollars a year for this raw data on people that technically they shouldn't have unless they're actually looking at somebody and then they go get a judge to sign a warrant. As I speak to you tonight, going into uh, 14 hours now, is the uh, House committee that's going to be passing out the uh, two articles of impeachment on Mayorkas night. Now, the Democrats think they're real clever. They've been playing every stall game in the world. As I went on the air right before 11 o'clock, I flipped over to C-SPAN. They're still going. And... Marjorie Taylor Greene a few hours ago got a little exasperated. She said, listen, you can stall all you want, but at the end of the day, we will vote tonight. We have the numbers. We will vote to impeach Mayorkas. And sometime tonight, Mayorkas will be impeached. Now, it then goes to the full House. Don't forget what I told you. The, the Republicans only have two votes to spare, really. So they can't lose anybody. And if they stick together and the impeachment of Mayorkas goes down in the full house, it then goes to the Senate for a full trial. And you know what? I know they're not going to get 
67 sinners to remove him. But the good thing is, it's going to be a public trial. It's going to be televised. And it's just going to heighten the awareness and increase the understanding of this nation what Biden and Mayorkas have done to our country through the through the border. So from that standpoint, it's well, well worth it. Well worth it. By the way, you had one smart aleck Democrat. He had these uh he had these uh, big uh, poster boards. He said, now according to Donald Trump, his answer for the border, he wants to put pits and alligators around the border. He also talked about building a, a putting a, an electric fence up with spikes on it. He said, yeah, then he thought about maybe shooting illegals in the legs. I mean, these, these Democrats have lost their mind, just lost their mind. Although I've got to be honest with you, I've, every, as he's saying, I said, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure about shooting people in the legs, but the alligator sounds like a good idea. The electric fence sounds like a good idea. Put a big sign on it. Electrocuto. I don't know, whatever you say, electric, electrocute in uh, Spanish. El electrocuto. You know, el alligator. I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Hey, if they're allowed to be here, there's going to be legal paths of entry. They're not going to have to worry about electric fences and alligators. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. UPS. Now, here's here's something interesting. This is how big business works, folks. Listen to this. They had a big labor situation a few months ago. And they finally cut a deal and they settled the labor situation you know, gave the drivers more money and everything. But then guess what they did today? They cut 2.4% of their workforce. About 2,500 people are now out of a job. You know what? So fine. You, you know, you want to play hardball and, you know, you, we, you know, you want us to capitulate and give you more money? Fine. But, you know, we're just going to chop up 2,500 workers. And and the fact is the fact is UPS like all these freight companies had a horrible 20, uh, 2023. People aren't able to buy as much. FedEx is down, UPS is down, all the freight miners are down. We got the big couple one of the biggest freight companies went out of business in 2023. All right. Ugh. Hans Schmidt. Now, for those who've watched the program over the years, there's been various times where I talked about how that God decides when our final moment of life is, and nothing's going to change that. And I've I've made the uh, comment that, hey, you could get shot in the head five times, and if it's not your time to go, you're going to survive. And it's funny because you know, it was a little bit of an exaggeration, but not really. And it was soon after that. I remember in Philadelphia, there was a police officer stopped at a light and some thug came up and put a gun to the uh, 
to the driver's side and fired, I think, three or four times. I mean, hitting point blank in the head. And he survived. In Phoenix, Arizona, back in November, a street preacher was on the corner preaching the gospel. Some car pulled up and hit him right in the head with a bullet. Shot him right in the head. Ran, took him to the hospital. He was in intensive care for three or four days. They didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, he's now home. Back in church. He walks okay. He talks okay. Back playing the drums of his church. Hans Schmidt, 26-year-old vet, Phoenix, Arizona, shot point blank in the head, preaching the gospel on the side of the street. And uh, it wasn't his time. God still has more for Brother Schmidt to do. And he's back in church and back on the street corner preaching the gospel. God bless him. Former Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan. Now, even though it's a Muslim country, you still have the uh, the battle, even in those countries, between the globalists and the nationalists. Imran Khan, I think he used to be an actor or something. Then he became a politician. Very popular with the people. A total nationalist. Uh, he was prime minister for a while. They stole the election from him. Then they charged him with a bunch of garbage crimes. And they just convicted him and sentenced him to 10 years in prison. Does this sound familiar? I'm just, just asking a question. And don't forget what they did to Bolsonaro. They called Bolsonaro the, the, uh, the Brazilian Trump. He had his stolen election stolen from him a year ago by the communist Lula da Silva. Literally stole it. People rose up. They knew it was stolen. They, they charged him with a bunch of crimes. And the, they didn't put him in jail, but the penalty was he couldn't run for office until 2030. See, this is not... What, what, what's happening in this country is nothing new. This is how these, are, you know, these countries are dealing with the nationalists now. They're using raw power. They're cheating. They're stealing elections. And once they get levers of power, they're using the levers of power to shut down the nationalist movement. Sound familiar? It's happening in many places, folks. Oh, let me... You know how I keep telling you that, you know, God will bring the evil men do in the dark to the light of day? which is biblical, by the way. Matter of fact, there are probably three or four different places in the Bible where it basically makes that claim, says it in different ways, but that's basically the claim. You know, that the, that the evil men do in the dark, God will shine the light of day on, right? Listen to this one. Oh, and don't forget, look, 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 what, look, look what's going on in Atlanta. Fanny Willis and her boyfriend, Talking about the evil men do being, you know, having the light of day shine on it, right? I mean, that's been happening quite a bit. Listen to this one. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. First of all, 
the propagandists that work at CNN and MSNBC, they're not stupid people. Listen, if a lowly internet evangelist knows the things I know, these people have access to so many resources. You think they don't know the truth? They lie on purpose. They've got an agenda. They're propagandists. Goebbels in Nazi Germany. He knew 99% of the stuff he was spewing was absolute garbage. But he spewed it anyway. That was his job. Remember Baghdad Bob when we were invading Iraq? When we first came in there? Yeah, they're they're driving the Americans out. You know, as we're tearing down Saddam Hussein's statue and all that. Baghdad Bob, yeah, don't worry, folks. We got those Americans on the run. You know, World War II, who was it? Uh, uh, Tokyo Rose, was that who that was? Tokyo Rose? I think that's who they called it. You know, she was a Japanese uh, on the radio, and she was a propagandist, you know, telling the Americans, that, oh, you can't win, you know, you need to you know, need to come and come live in Japan. We'll take care of you. Anyway, that's all these CNN and MSNBC talking heads are. They're not... They're not newscasters. They're not journalists. They're propagandists. They're no different than Goebbels. And they know what they're spewing is garbage. They know it. Listen to this. Joanne Reed, the race lady on, on MSNBC, she was telling the, about the goings-on in, uh, in Iraq with the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, in Jordan with the three dead soldiers. And she threw to a video clip. And apparently they didn't turn her mic off. Nor, you know, like when they throw to a video clip, you get the video clip sometimes, you know, there's sound with it and everything. Well, they didn't turn her mic off. She was on a hot mic. And here's what she said. She said, Biden's starting another F-word war. Biden's starting another F-word war. And she was like upset. See, yet when she came back, she didn't know she was on a hot mic. She came back, you know, she praising Biden and he's going to do this good, that good. I mean, it, it just gives you a little insight. These people know what they're spewing is pure, unadulterated, raw sewage. And she was upset to the point where you know, why the thing was playing, she didn't know the mic was on. And Biden's starting another F-word war. <laughs> if you remember, about a month ago, I told you about this. I told you this was coming. Zelensky asked the head of his military to resign. Head of the military said, uh, you know what? Z, I don't think I'm going to resign today. Nope, nope. Thank you. Thanks for the offer. I'm not going to resign. Now, remember what I told you. The way these coups happen is whoever's got the, if, whoever's got the military, they, they win the day because they got the guns. Now, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this. Mike, and if you remember when I started talking to you about this, because I told you there's a rift between Zelensky and the head of the military, that's never a good thing in one of these situations. And I know what there is about. Zelensky's dried up. 
All the money's dried up. He can't pay them, you know, their, their bribes and their little envelopes each month now. They say, what do we need him for? So it's a, it's a you know, we'll see. But there's, there's a power grab going on. And I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, the military will win. Now, I told you Zelensky had really two options as the money was drying up. You know, grab a grab a, uh, a big sack of cash, gold, and what else in the middle of the night, and go find a country that'll give you asylum, Switzerland, someplace like that. I'm sure he's got most of his money parked offshore. You know, in Swiss banks, offshore banks, wherever, and go live the rest of your life. That's what most of these guys do. That's what the guy that ran Afghanistan did right before we came in and just that miserable withdrawal. Oh, pathetic. Anyway, or he can stay there and try to retain power and he's either going to end up dead or in jail. Because again, the guys with the guns win these coups 100% of the time. So be keeping an eye on this. I told you, I told you over a month ago, Zelensky's days were numbered. They were numbered. Oh, listen to this. Canada's got a very aggressive uh, doctor-assisted suicide uh, law up there. And um, there was a plan. And here again, man, I hate to say I told you. There was a plan. I knew this was coming. They, they had a plan to expand their doctor-assisted suicide bill to include mentally ill people. Now, these are people that are perfectly fine physically. They're just mentally ill. Now, they got a lot of blowback, so they put that on hold for now. But what have I just told you? Number one, when you're slaughtering however many thousand innocent babies every day, it's not a big jump to go to the other end of the spectrum and start killing the old people. And once you do that, then you might as well just go through the whole population and say, well, uh, the mentally ill people, you're, you're no good to society. We'll take you out. The crippled people, the people with the, you know, diseases and all that. Yeah, you guys aren't dark. You guys are a drag on society. You're gone. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just the natural flow of this. You know, once, once you're killing babies, it just, you know, the whole euthanasia, doctor-assisted suicide for old people, that's your next step. And then once you're at that place, calling through the rest of the population and determine who lives and who dies, that's just a natural process. So just so you know, they, they, they tried to make that move in Canada, but it got rebuffed for now. But we'll see how long it stays rebuffed. By the way, I was talking to you about the uh, third party stuff and how it's actually going to be very damaging to Biden or whoever the Democrats have. Democrats are getting very concerned about one Robert Kennedy Jr. Because they're seeing, they, I mean, they're looking at the same numbers I'm looking at. And 
Again, he's not going to win the presidency. He's not even going to win a delegate. But he's pulling about 8%. Could get up into the 10% range. And if he's pulling those kind of, and 90% of the people that he's pulling from are Democratic votes, and they're getting very concerned that Robert Kennedy is going to be the spoiler. By the way, next time you're at the airport and you're standing in line for an hour just to get through TSA, you got to take your clothes off, get patted down, get assaulted, right? Show five IDs. Don't be upset when you watch a bunch of illegals in a special line that have no ID. They don't even have a name. They don't go through TSA. They're just passed right through. Yeah, go to your gate. Now, do you remember what pre-9-11 was like before we had TSA? We had very few air marshals on the planes. One of the two of the things that happened after 9-11, TSA came to be, right? And they had air marshals pretty much at least every coast-to-coast flight anyway, and on the major routes. Well, now we've got TSA... But you've got a bunch of illegals who you have no clue who they are. They don't even have an ID. And they're just waving them onto the, onto the plane. And remember what I told you about a month ago? All the air marshals, they've taken them off the planes because they're using them to surveil people that were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Even people who didn't go near the Capitol. If you were in D.C., air marshals been keeping track of you. So, the, so now we're back to a place where we've got people we have no clue who they are being just waved through onto the planes. We've got no air marshals. I mean, what do they want? What do they want? A repeat of 9 11? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, the. the there's not one thing this administration does that is good. Now, I'm just being honest with you. Um, Merrick Garland is going in for some surgery. I think back surgery. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't run the DOJ anyway. Lisa Monaco runs the DOJ. By the way, you got Lisa Monaco who runs the DOJ. She's in the number two at the DOJ. She runs it. You got Avril Haines, who used to be the head of the CIA. She's now the uh, director of national intelligence. And then if you throw in Susan Rice, they used to call those the Obama sisters. Monaco is running, she's the point person running all the January 6th, all the lawfare against Trump. She's coordinating all that. She's a nasty, nasty woman. She's on par uh, with Victoria Newland, who basically runs the State Department, who caused the Ukraine war and involved in all the kinds of stuff around the world. And Avril Haines, she's, she's just as nasty. Um, I mean, these people were all involved from the beginning, going all the way back to the whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax. By the way, speaking of Obama... We now have some information that has been garnered by people who are just keeping on, just looking at things. 
It turns out, remember when his cook died, had this drowning accident off his Martha Vineyard's estate? Well, there's now documents that show Barack and Michelle were actually at home when this happened. Don't forget what I told you about this early on. This cook was writing a book. It was probably about a month from being finished. Apparently, there were some things in the book that weren't very flattering as far as the relationship between Barack and Michelle goes. Just throwing it out there, not saying anything, just, just giving you some facts. And Joe Friday, just the facts, man. By the way, we, we have spent 20, well, the government spent 20 billion of your dollars on refugee resettlements through these NGOs. Well, some of that money is going to the Red Cross. You know, I love the Red Cross. It hurt me so bad to know how deeply involved they are with all this immigration garbage. And then you've got a lot of these uh, religious NGOs, Catholic charities, Lutheran services. Just, just terrible. There's a program on TV that's been on, I don't know, my goodness, it's been 20-some years now, I think. Law and Order SUV. Um, very popular, obviously. Been on for a long time. And they had an episode, their, their initial episode for the newest season. It was a white woman, she's a lesbian, a white woman, who got raped in a department store by a young black teenager. And the gist of the program was she refused to press charges. She refused. She said, listen, I can, I, I've got money. I can go see a psychiatrist. I can hopefully heal. You know, the criminal justice system is so bigoted and so racist. This young man will never have a chance at life. I'm not going to do that to him. You know, this country, you know, is, is so racist. I mean, this, I mean, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And, you know, as, as I was reading through this, I didn't watch the series. I just read a, a, a synopsis of it. I'm thinking to myself, hey, if he raped you, the probability is he's probably raped somebody before you. If he's not in jail, he's going to rape somebody else. How about pressing charges to protect the next woman he's going to rape? I mean, this, this liberal garbage on TV. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I mean, I grew up on TV, you know, 66 in a few weeks. I mean, I grew up in that era of TV, you know, the, the, the whole thing, you know, the uh, wonderful world, Dizzy, Lassie, Gilligan's Island, I Dream of You, all that stuff, right? You know, TV is a big part of my life growing up. Probably why I went into journalism. But uh, other than sports and news, I don't watch, I don't watch any other TV. I really don't. I really don't. It's just, it's just, it's just mindless drivel. And then you had a couple idiots, environmental protesters, who went to the Louvre in Paris on Sunday and threw pumpkin soup all over the Mona Lisa. Now, the Mona Lisa is a 
you know, a, a, some kind of a special bulletproof glass ceiling or whatever. But I mean, this is something that these idiots have been doing. Why don't they just throw these people in jail for like three months? Because if they did that, I don't think they'd be so fast to do that again. And by the way, it's like these or it's like the uh, pro Hamas stuff here. These are organized people. These aren't just people woke up somewhere. You just go throw some pumpkin soup on the Mona Lisa. This is all well organized, which means there's an organization, which means there's a hierarchy of people. Start holding those people accountable. But over in Europe, you've got the same, you know, gutless legal uh, criminal justice system like you have here. You know, where victims are re-victimized and criminals are coddled. That makes that law and order show even that more, much more outrageous. Unbelievable. D.C., a 9-year-old and a 13-year-old robbed a woman at knife point. Now, they were arrested like with an hour afterwards. Of course, they were back home for dinner that night. Just unbelievable. FBI recruits totally within line with the whole DEI ideology, diversity, equity, inclusion, overqualifications. You've got long-time agents that are retiring just because they can't stand to work with the people that they're hiring. They have no qualifications. None. And then you got a gang of migrants in New York City today. Attacked two police officers. Just out of clear blood. That gang of eight or nine. Just overpowered them. I mean, you know, the numbers, sheer numbers got on the ground, kicking them in the head. They were all arrested. And they were all out within three hours. Assaulting officers. Illegal. Number one, they should have been out in three hours, you know, in handcuffs on a plane back to wherever the heck they came from. And then listen to this, Montana. Montana Child Protective Services. Listen to this, parent. Montana. Montana is not exactly New York City, right? It's not exactly California. You know, it's not, you know, that liberal wacko world up in Oregon or Washington State, Montana, God's country, big sky country. Well, the Montana Child Protection Services kidnapped, listen, kidnapped a 14-year-old girl, took her to Wyoming for gender-affirming gender care, and the Montana Child Protective Services is in the pro, pro, in, in the process of revoking the parents' custody of their child. For why? Did they beat the child? No. Did they abuse the child? No. They simply weren't going to let their 14-year-old girl go down this, you know, lunatic road of transitioning 
Mm. Oh, by the way, no news. This isn't big news, but got to share it with you anyway. The view. I know, I know. And I get the emails. I'll say it for the 5,000th time. If you knew the size of the audience that watches, it probably scary. The fact anybody watches that show is scary. But the numbers they get is very scary. And it's usually a bunch of white liberal women. Just being honest. That's their audience. But today they, they, they said without any equivocation, any hesitation, you know, any caution. You know, the people that support Donald Trump, they're part of the cult. But the people that support Joe Biden, they're normal human beings. <laughs> I mean, you know, Hillary started it in 2016. She really did. But it wasn't until the whole January 6th Fed surrection went down that there was no more hiding it. And, and you know, a lot of people think Trump just says stuff to say stuff. Well, they're, I'm, you know, you know, they're coming after you, but I'm in the way, you know. They want to shut you up, so they, so, but they're trying to shut me up because they want to shut you up. That's all true. If you don't understand that, I don't know what more I can help you with. They have total disdain for half the country. It's not an act either. That isn't an act. All right. Really run late. Got to get out of here. But before I do, I will never leave this program without giving you a chance to come to Jesus, just like I shared with Cecile Richards today. I'm sharing with you. At the end of the day, it's your sins that separate you from God. Jesus died on that cross for your sins. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior tonight, pray with me. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight asking you to forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Savior. I give my life to you tonight. Now and forevermore, I am yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My friend, if you pray and you meant it, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. If you need prayer, email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. Love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight. Back here tomorrow night, 11 o'clock. God bless. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? 